Hello, hello, hello to all the Swifties and non-Swifties out there. Welcome. Welcome to the Trio of Positivity Podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. This is the podcast where we skim the Chicago landscape, Chicago sports landscape, and sports landscape in general to bring you some positivity into your life. It has been hard to find. We are not going to lie, but maybe today will be different. I'm your host, Bupen, joined as always by my f- positive, positive fellow brigade members, Miller and CJ. Boys, how we doing? A lot better now that I realize that Travis Kelsey is going to be joining us today on the podcast. Jeez. Yeah, that's a nice pull there, Boopin. Didn't think uh, that you know, was going to happen. It's like it's like whatever that thing is. You say it three times and he appears. Kind of a deal now. <laughs> um, now, if you've been watching NFL, you've been watching Taylor Swift, so I thought it would be a good fit there. Um, thank you for joining us today again. You can find us on Facebook under Trio Positivity Podcast, and we are on Twitter, X, at Trio Positivity. Uh, we got a good episode for you today. Today, we're going to talk about some of the news that stood out to us. We are covering soccer to MLB to Fantasy Corner, all of that in one segment. And for the main segment, as always, last couple of weeks now, we'll talk the Bears at Commanders this week, Thursday Night Football. See if we can get some positivity there. Uh, we'll preview the matchup for you. Uh, that being said, let's let's kick this off, boys. Breaking. Oh. <laughs> Technical. I pressed the wrong <laughs> button earlier. Boys, something historic happened in the, the soccer world. The Mafia FIFA decided to do something unprecedented uh, to celebrate 100 years of the World Cup. Officially, there's going to be six countries, quote-unquote, hosting uh, the World Cup. Traditionally, it's one country, two. Uh, The next World Cup, it's three countries with Mexico, Canada, USA. Um, There's also some news on that, but that I could care less about that. The main story is the committee has announced that officially Morocco, Spain, and Portugal are going to be the official hosts of the 2030 World Cup. But where this takes a turn is that South America is also involved. Uruguay, Argentina, and Paraguay are going to play their first games at home to be able to celebrate the 100 years. It's going to be the first World Cup to be held in three different continents at the same time. In addition to that, they've already announced a rotation. 2034 will involve Asia and Oceania. I can see the excitement in Miller's face. I'm sure he cannot wait. Why is this exciting for me, I guess you guys are wondering, is we saw a little bit with uh, Brazil hosting the World Cup, and then in Africa, South Africa, when they host it, there's different cultures. You see different vibes. There's nothing like it. We're going to get a taste of each one in this World Cup. It is very, very exciting to hear. Miller, let's get your non-soccer thoughts out of the way. I think I Fantastic. have Fantastic. Two- <laughs> let's now go on ahead. No, Before ahead. we move on, it'll be nice to see FIFA not conspire with the government and kill a bunch of people making 
a bunch of stadiums. Listen, technically, FIFA didn't kill him. Technically, I know. I just said they conspired with the government. They did not kill people making the stadiums. Um, I think out of the three of us, I'm qualified to make a statement because it was a bunch of Nepalese people that died. Fair. (laughs) My statement was not wrong. No, no. I, I, we, we are taking. Freaking FIFA under the shisha today. FIFA mafia, like killing people. Damn. Hey, hey, hey. He asked for my thoughts. That was my thoughts. No, I, I was going to say Portugal. I've been hearing good things about the Portugal and the islands around it. Man, I am pumped for this, brother. This will be a... Did they already win or is it like they so, might be bidding to win? So it's already been confirmed. I believe they still need one more approval. But the one thing that is not being confirmed yet is if Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay automatically get the spots. Uh, I'm assuming they do since they're going to host the game. Um, which can also kind of be seen as like an, a fair, an unfair advantage of those countries getting that first game in their, in their home soil. It's going to be interesting to see how FIFA treats those games. But it's just one game. They'll have to travel to two different continents after that. So Interesting. Like usually, the host nation gets to play too, so all four nations make it in. Yeah. So pl- confirmed is uh, Morocco, Spain, and um, Portugal, Portugal are in the World Cup for twenty thirty. It's interesting that they're gonna have the travel element here. Yeah. Well, traditionally, the World Cup, being that it's gonna get extended, is more days in between. So I think they're already attributing that once that game is over, they are on the plane and out, which can mess with the recovery time they may take a day to kind of like rest or something but it's gonna like be doable us- now usually in the group stages these days at least they group them up together so the games will be likely in one country probably in one side of the country too i think i remember them doing that even if it was in like was it in russia i think they would like the groups were kind of like closer together like the um, games. there is some truth to it but russia was not necessarily travel friendly Neither was Brazil, if I recall correctly. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what will happen after the fact. But as of as it stands right now, um, the way that I believe it's going to be done, you're going to have six tables created or six groups, and each country will be there first. Um, but again, I have not seen that confirmation. Um, if I'll keep looking for it, but um, that's... no, I, I love it, brother. Breaking news on the podcast. I love it. Thanks for making us all better and talking about soccer. Oh, of um, course. Bring it back. True football. Bring it back to football. Chicago. Uh, baseball season is behind us, especially in Chicago. The playoffs are happening right now. So I know we are going to do a, a bigger episode with. Uh, like you know, like how the season went. Maybe a season recap. Hold on, Boobin. We're missing something. Baseball season in Chicago is over. Well, is o- to be fair, it's been over in the South Side like first week. But hold on, I'm, I was about to say that. Thank you for interrupting me, saying that. But uh, you know, um, nothing to be sad about on the North Side. You guys. Had a fabulous season. You guys overperformed the expectations, at least most of the expectations. You guys want to do a quick recap of um, your preview of the preview, uh, preview of the season hey, review? Hey, hey, we can talk for ourselves, okay? We're the ones 
that are in it. And you know what? We can all be upset together at fucking CJ because we all know he jinxed it. I think it was four weeks ago when he ran his freaking mouth saying that at the next episode, the Cubs are going to be... They're going to be the top of their division. Well, you know what? They won seven of their la- next 23 games after that statement. So, CJ, can I, can I God cut you bless off. you. Can I cut you off? Did we not say that the back end of the schedule was the most difficult? You did. Yeah. I don't so, think it was that difficult. Oh, don't, I mean, don't, it was the most difficult it. of the Stop. contenders. We played Stop. the Rockies don't twice, the Pirates it. twice. I mean, how many other. Layups the to Braves, me. the Reds, the Brewers. Come on, the Reds were flopping. We played they the Brewers. Yes, difficult. the Diamondbacks were under us. They were under five hundred until they played oh, the Cubs. They, right, but did they make the playoffs? I believe they. Yeah, did. because they oh. beat the Cubs six out of seven times. Listen, okay, I do want to get into points. it. I do want to get into it. The Cubs won eighty-three games. Was not expecting that. Uh, quick, quick interruption. I think you owe people steak dinner. No, we don't. They didn't make the wild card or won the division. But they were better than you. And I believe that was the original uh, bet. I don't think that I was believe the that bet, was, <laughs> That was the original <laughs> bet. Uh, we can, I dude, believe I, love I, believe this. I you, said, you, I believe I said, and I quote, the, the Cubs would be better than the Sox. I was, uh, I did say nah, it would be nice oh, if they were in wild card. We can go you like four episodes. I don't Four know if it was a back. bet. It might have been a chug bet. It might have been a chug bet. Hold on. Let me, I'm pulling it up because Brother, I liars. We don't need to pull it up bad. now. We, it might have been a chug <laughs> bet of that he, they were going to make the playoffs. So yes. um, It was a chug fine. bet I mean, to make the playoffs. Yes, that's confirmed. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I will uh, owe you a chug uh, bet. Brother, I'm looking at the, the best chug part. Bet. Best I'm looking part. at the chug bet spreadsheet that you created, sir. Best part about... This things and now it's recorded. You cannot go back on what you say. I'm gonna freaking pull the receipts. I did say that we would do. I did say that we would be better than the White Sox, though. I I did. That was that that was apparent from week one. But whatever. No, it was not. Sorry to interrupt you, Uh, people. I promise you, I'll put receipts on the socials that Chris, CJ, CJ, (laughs) he practiced too. Oh, like, right. Back to the important part of the segment. Uh, the problem with the Cubbies is the pitching failed us down the stretch. We had injuries to Stroman, like we talked about for the second half of the season. Azalea went down. We have Lighter that was hurt a little bit towards the end of the year. Cutting catch bullpen, a pop fly. Yep. bullpen collapsed. They were inconsistent. Um, in the final two series of the the stretch here, where we had the Braves and we had the Brewers. These were important games. Cubs were in it. They were leading the wild card. They needed to win. The Cubbies proceeded to lead in three out of four games. Three, two against the Braves, one against the Brewers in the eighth inning or later, and proceeded to blow them at some point. The bullpen failed pretty bad. And it just it is what it is. It's unfortunate we didn't get there. Bottom line is no one projected us to be competing for the wild card or the division at the beginning we of were the year. Shit at, we were dog shit at the all-star break too. We weren't dog shit. But we were dog yes. shit. Yes. But me myself how do, say, how do you say weren't dog shit and then say yes? I feel like that's <laughs> we weren't dog shit, but we were 
Not you like cat shit. You a cat <laughs> shit. Not yeah, cat. Me, I consider this season of uh, a success. I talked about it at the beginning, although I got a little gloriated with the um, making the postseason, but it didn't happen. It's okay. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about hopes and dreams later. But CJ, what are your thoughts? Success or failure for the 2023? Success, Success all day. Um, I will say though, uh, I'm very, I'm a little bit worried for next year. Um, I, I, I will, ha- I do have a hot take, Miller. I don't know if you agree, but some uh, managers have already decided to leave certain clubs, and there's one manager that he's going I would on the Mets. Ah, going I, the Mets. I don't, but he who left the Mets that would be a fun fit for the Cubs. Uh, I thought you were talking about Craig Council. No, no one cares about Craig Council. Yeah, he's only like the best manager in the league. But who cares about Craig Council? No I love how CJ always brings in uh, the managers no one's thinking of because no one cares. I uh, send him to the South Side. We can use one. <laughs> you need a lot. You can of use more than that. Yeah. But Buck Showalter is uh, out of the Mets. I think that would be a nice fit for the Cubs mm. if they decide to part ways. They won't. I don't think they will either. It was just a nice little thing. Um, positivity all score. All, all in all, positivity score. This season was fun. Give me an eight. How do you Jesus, say this how do you season? Eight and we didn't even make the damn playoff. I'm going to give it a six and a half. You're... Your positivity score is bullshit. Hey, it is absolutely bullshit. Okay, hey, let, let's have some ethics over here, okay? We don't criticize each other positivity scale. I don't think that's a thing we do, you know? No, it but is- you know, I just want to make I just want to make one quick little thing. Miller, so you're saying six and a half. If we were to do positivity score in percentages, you're saying the season was a D plus. First of all, these scales do not a route directly to okay. School. Are we doing city? Are we doing city grading or suburb grading? Because we know we're not. It's not talking about scale. school. That's not how this works. <laughs> CJ loves Listen, doing I'm this. I'm a solid this is, B. This was yeah. a solid. B. They were above average. Solid B. That's, that's not. What so oh that's an eight. That's Wait, an eight. Aver- oh average is C. What? What? In what country? Yeah. Average is fucking B. No, I'm guys. This isn't is the C, school scale. Seven. There aren't five grades that you're gonna give. At five and below does not automatically mean it's trash. Okay, can Come we talk on. about why why you wanted an eight, CJ, or you know, like just uh, give us a look. We what got, are you looking? For? What is positive about that team? What are you looking forward to? I was dead wrong on the free agent signings that the Cubs had. Um, the team actually performed well when it came to certain games and scored runs. Where last year we we couldn't. Um, the, David Ross, you can kind of tell like he's getting more hands on with the younger players. We have a good bullpen coming Hey-o. up. I think, I think my um my positivity score is is mostly based on what I saw. They overperformed, and it gets me excited for next year. Okay, two questions: Is David Ross back? He gives us give me yes or no. Yes, I'd say yes. Is Bellinger back? No. Oof. You're toying with my heart. Yes or no, brother? I, I want him to be back, but I think he's going to be too pricey, and the Cubs are not going to focus right. on him. You guys are on the same page. I love it. No, like, 
I, I want to be a hater, but you guys definitely overperformed expectations. Um, and you had a very competitive division, too. Let's not forget, Reds were right there all year. Mm-hmm. They kind of tailed off at the end, but you guys, you guys had a hell of a season. It's worth St. Louis was projected to be a top performer. They were dead last in the division, so, yeah. Um, Boobin, since the season's over, do you want to change anything about your um, White Sox? Oh, jeez. It's like shit's even worse down there than it was like a couple days ago um i didn't i didn't pay attention we didn't pay attention towards the end of the season right the last game of the season supposedly it was like fan appreciation day or whatever they sat basically everybody like anyone who was anyone didn't even play so the podcast i listened to basically shit on the manager and you guys have heard for the most part i've been giving pedro like oh he's a good manager he was given a shitty hand looks like he's lost control they were comparing them to the Bears a lot. They were like, what is this coach even doing? You know, like, so was, basically none of the stars played and they were like. Is that dollar day? Yeah. Yeah. Like they basically, he sat everybody. They were like, I don't like the people were like, I don't care when their flights are, the superstars, they got to play. Fans are here. They've, they've endured this all year. This is the performance you put up. So and he, here's the crappy part. Okay. Game was tied. We had a chance to win in overtime. They put up, uh, like, the guy that's literally been dog shit all year against FD. They let him go at the end, and that's how we lost the game. So, like, just, like, uh, a good example of how the season went is how the last game went, supposedly. And, man, they, they're usually pretty good about, like, defending the org and stuff like that. They shit on Pedro so much. Like, they were like, yeah, like, what are you doing? Do you have control of the, like, you know? Off the team, do you have control of the superstars? Like, do you control? Do you want to win? Like, do, I feel do like you... those questions are so unfair, though. You think so? I don't know. Like, I think I've, so. I, I've been defending the guy all year, saying, "Oh, yeah, the shit hand, blah, blah blah." But like, if that's the way it's gonna happen, and this is supposed to be a new era, blah 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 blah. I don't know. Things are not looking up, um, at least from the coaching side. Um, who wants to come here? You guys say this often, right? Like, if that's the locker room, if that's the players, if that's the culture, like, I think it'll be another cycle of just failed uh, free agent signing. No one wants to come here. Things are not looking good on the south so side. So, with that being said, Boopin, what is your end-of-season positivity <laughs> score? Guys, I'm sorry. I think I'm going back to a zero. I think clean slate next year. We'll see how they fucking perform. Starting uh, spring training, I think I'm at a zero right now for the White Sox. A zero, a zero. You I, I, still have Luis Robert. That I'm has to be even, at least you know one what? point. We'll, he's, we'll probably he's probably worth a point, and Dylan seats maybe point and a half. But Jesus I, Christ, I think so, when we have that like separate podcast episode about baseball, I think we can kind of talk a little bit more. But I want to transition because I'm I got some very exciting news. Something came up in front of me. We have a uh, an actual name for the segment. Boopin has been giving us some fantastic uh, fantasy points for NFL, and we're going to transition, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, all of our listeners would like to officially welcome you to Boopin's Fantasy Corner for the common man or woman. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, but yeah, common man as in the general man. Thank you for correcting CJ, but. Here's what it is. I listen to podcasts that so you don't have to, people. I have distilled hours of podcasts into like maybe three minutes of fantasy advice. You guys ready? A lot of injuries, mostly to start off. Uh, Devante Williams on the Denver. 
looks like he'll be out a couple weeks. Jalil McLaughlin, if you listen to my waiver wire, he was in one pickup, picked him up in a couple of leagues. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, he's got a rib fracture out a couple of weeks. Um, Justin Herbert, he's hurt, but he's on a bye, so he'll be back coming back week six. Mike Evans, another hurt, but he's on a bye. He'll be back, looks like week six as well. A couple of uh, bigger injuries, mostly for the Steelers. Uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett and tight end Pat Fryermuth. They are out a couple of weeks. Looks like they're looking at week seven. Week seven return. Uh, I see a little smile in CJ's face. Um, I'm calling fact check. Uh, Kenny Pickett is expected to start on Sunday. I, I did see that. But look, the fantasy community is saying he might be a Fact check. Mitch is not going to be making an appearance. <laughs> Why why are you gonna make CJ sad, huh? No, no, no. That's fine because God forbid I would rather pay to watch Mitch than pay, uh, pay to watch Justin Fields, but I think that's gonna be later on down the, uh, down I just the conversation. I just can't <laughs> wait for Mitch to start and win the game. Not can you imagine Mitch. Mitch can you imagine Mitch starts, gets more yards than uh, Fields and wins the game? I know Did we I... wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh, you I... won't. But um... continue. This is the fantasy point i do see some uh i do i have two of the players on your injury list i have pat and mike evans and i'm hurting right now but yeah continue because i do have an update for you regarding fantasy sorry buddy um um in terms of uh stocks up and stocks down um somehow this is mostly around running backs uh i yours truly predicted it montgomery on the detroit lions i said he would be top 10 running back He's he's projecting well, scored like fifteen times. I don't know, three touchdowns or something. Against you didn't me. say top ten. You just said he'll score ten touchdowns. Did I? Okay, so he's probably halfway. And he's there. like halfway there. Yeah. So hey, cool, cool call out. Um, I think it's just a really good O line. I thought he would do well. Alvin Kamara had thirteen catches, guys. Thirteen catches for a freaking running back. He didn't do anything with it. He had thirty-one yards, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Isaiah Pacheco paid 60% of snaps for uh, Kansas City. I know that backfield has been a fantasy mystery. Looks like he's establishing himself as the as the guy. And the guy I wanted to trade for that Miller wouldn't trade to me, Brees Hall, um, he, the coach today came out and said there's no more um, uh, restrictions on him. He's a full go. So he, he his outlook, I know it hasn't been good so far. He's scored like 25 fantasy points but his outlook i think is looking good especially with like zach wilson looking serviceable so far this week a couple of running backs that whose stocks are down miles sanders has been basically splitting carries with chuba chuba hubbard and chuba has actually looked better i think miles sanders is nursing a groin or a thigh injury that that might have something to do but chuba might be a good pickup hubbard if he's on your waiver wire uh, another one, I know New England is a hard running back field to uh, like predict. Ramondre Stevenson has not been what people thought they were going to be. He was supposed to be a season winner. He's basically a no-show so far. Talking about no-show, Najee Harris, who depends, who usually relies on volume to like make fantasy impact, has not done much for your fantasy team either. The stock is down there. Boys, any thoughts there before we move into... Trade candidates? Nope. 
All Greg, right. I think we're uh, we're all in agreement. Are we surprised with Montgomery's performance, though? Not me. I'm surprised he's dominated the backfields as much as he has, but I'm not surprised with scoring touchdowns. I did not pick Jameer Gibbs in any of the leagues. I was like, there's no way this pass catching running back, especially the way um, Dan Campbell plays, was going to be his like number one guy. I expected him to catch the ball more. He didn't. Yep. Do, he doesn't do that. And like Jamison Williams is coming back, so I think that role is even going to go down. But uh, some trade for candidates. I'm bringing it up because Miller traded one of these guys away. Or did you trade for it, right? You traded for them. Jamar Chase, I know Bengals have had a pretty crappy season so far. I think there may be a couple of rough weeks in store, but I think Jamar Chase, if you can get him, will probably have a good um, second half of the year, a good candidate there. Uh, Michael Pittman on the Colts, um, he's been consistent. He's he's done more even with Richardson playing, who's like a run-first-ish quarterback. That, that Those things are looking up for him. Jacoby Myers, I know he's not dominating the stats like – Devante, but whenever Jimmy G is playing, Jacoby has like a 27% snap share. Like pretty good, pretty good target rate too. So Jacoby might be a trade for candidate in the market. Instead of trade away, I don't have much, but a couple of names to look up. Gabe Davis didn't do much despite the Bills scoring 40 points. He scored touchdown in week three. I think that's why his stock's a little high, but I'd probably trade him away. He's always been boomer bust. You can't rely on him week in and week out. A couple of the Bears name on the list I threw away. Um, I want to think Bears will have a better season, but they don't get to play Broncos every week. So if you have DJ Moore or Cole Komet, this might be the week for you to trade him away. Um, boys, any thoughts there? Any Anything there? Uh, I would just like to add to the trade away candidates, the guy that I've been trading away everywhere and anywhere I can. Is Puka. He's the name right now. He has been everywhere. He's had four amazing weeks in the NFL. Do you mean Puka? Yeah, Puka, who's on track to break the uh, season yard record. That's the one. Catches record in the NFL. That's the one. But guess what? Cooper Cup has been activated and he is projected to start on Sunday. And they play pretty much the same position. So I imagine that although Puka could potentially be a solid wide receiver flex position, maybe even a wide receiver too with Matt Stafford throwing him the ball, the bottom line is his value is high right now. And with Cup returning, what would he would he transfer to like the slot receiver? They're both play slot. They're, they're both play slot. But would you play him more slot and let Cup be I, your, your long at this point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cup's going to stay in that slot. That's his position. They're, you're not going to change him. He's. Oh, no, that's fair. I guess he's the top three wide receiver in the league. But I was able to flip Puka and Miles Sanders, your, tr- your, your, your lower running back stocks, for good old Jamar Chase. So I am pretty excited about that one. No, so, that's, a, that's a heck of a trade, brother. Um, gr- great reminder, though. A couple of people activated off the IR. Jamison Williams is back two games early from the suspension. And Jonathan Taylor, he was a full participant in the practice. So those are the people probably coming back this week uh, from fantasy. All right. The only, uh, the only thing I have for you guys is um, daddy's not doing good in his, uh, 
in his fantasy, I am on a three-game loss streak, uh, given the injuries that I have. Maybe and, you should listen um, to the waiver wire advice. Uh, well, I'm not going to say anything, but I didn't make a pickup, and uh, I'm still one in three. How are you guys? How's your guys' fantasy going? I think the league I care about, I'm three and one. So is Miller. Yeah, but um, Miller's been doing this random stat where he's like, uh, "What would you say last week?" I'm three and three in the leagues that matter, or some some stupid shit like that. Well, I'm in three <laughs> leagues that stupid, matter, dumb shit, and I am zero and four, three and one, and four and zero. Oh. So wow. that's so many leagues. That's way too much. I have five. Do you want to hear them? <laughs> no, good lord. I just have. I'm a solid one, and I'm sucking ass on it. Um, I like shout out to our former guest, uh, Preston. I want to put him on a spot. I got a text Sunday talking shit, and I was not in front of the TV, so I just assume I'm getting killed in fantasy. So I already said something like, "Hey, good, good win, blah blah blah." Come home and see, I'm killing his ass. I don't know if something flipped. McCaffrey was on my team, who scored like 50 points. That well, helped. That's probably what happened, but. I was killing him by like 40 points when he was talking shit. So shout out Doge. You guys are still listening. It was a good, good fantasy week. Uh, but yeah, that that's what I had for fantasy corner for the common man. Nice name. Good name. All right. Um, next up, um, another sport. I think we have this is the third sport we're covering in short order. Um, NHL season kicks off. Next week, this week, uh, later this week, early next week. And in Chicago, Connor Bedard era kicks off next Tuesday. Hawks are taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we have our very own reporter, Miller, doing his best Ben impression, I think. Miller, take it away. That is right. The Connor Bedard era kicks off Tuesday, next Tuesday. Tuesday as the Hawks take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I had the pleasure of meeting with our very own Blackhawks insider, Mr. Benjamin, and we had a fabulous discussion on what are some of the key players on the Blackhawks going into the 2023 season as well. well, well we got a question we, in the we, front we, row. Question yeah, in the front row. Um He's the trio's insider. He's not officially the Blackhawks insider. Let's, he's I, officially the Blackhawks insider for me. For so the, let for me the, continue to move yeah, on. <laughs> Thank you for not you. interrupting me. I appreciate that all. <laughs> Thank you for his full legal name, too, Benjamin. <laughs> so he gave us some. He gave me some great notes just to discuss. Like I was mentioning before, I was rudely interrupted for stupid shit. That we talked about some of the key players, expectations for the team, as well as some prospects going forward. So let's just get right into it. Obviously, the big name that we're all going to be following is Connor Bedard. He is the man. He will be the man to be looking out for all season long. He's probably going to be on the number one line. And he was fortunate enough to get his first NHL goal in this last preseason game. It was his third preseason game, and he finally tallied the goal. But you know what? Even though he only has one goal, he has five points overall in three games. Yeah, he, he had has a killer assist. Yeah, yeah, he had a killer assist in like the overtime winner, I think, the game prior. 
So through three preseason games, five points already. So Bedard is living up to the name, and it, and he's playing some exciting hockey. It's funny if you if you saw the replay when Bedard scored that goal, it was actually an open netter, and he was not very happy that that was his first NHL goal. But we'll wait for the 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 magician to come out and and he'll give us a a, a nice goal once the regular season starts. Uh, another forward to keep an eye out for is Lucas Reichel. Um, he pick, he's picking up right where he left off last season. He's a stud. He's a, he's going to be a center. He would have probably made the number one line, the center for the number one line, but obviously we have Connor Bedard there. So he's probably going to be leading the number two, um, a line going into the year on the defensive side. Obviously we have Seth Jones. He's been our workout horse last year on the defensive end. Sorry. He had the most ice time on the team. By a wide margin, I might add. So we're going to hopefully continue to build on his success on the defensive. He's going to be paired with one of our young defenders, um, Wyatt Kaiser. Uh, he's going to be—he's kind of coming along quickly. Uh, he's young, so that's—it's nice, and he's getting raved about by the coach, which is always a positive. So they're probably going to be our, our first line of defense, and we all know how key defensive side of. Uh, the defensive side of hockey is in addition to that we got some big boys in the back as well um we have alex vlasic uh he's going to be finally making the team for this first year he i think he brought was brought up for a few games last year but he's going to be making the team uh, right off the scratch he is a six six defenseman over 200 pounds and guess what? He's young and still growing. So he is a big body back there. Hopefully, he's going to be mimicking old Boston Chara guy. He's going to be pushing some people around. That's the hope anyways. Uh, in addition to him, we have Isaac Phillips. He's another young guy. He checks in at 6'3", 205. So we got some big boys on the defensive end. So that'll be fun to see them pushing people around and whatnot. Obviously, if you listen to um, Ben's interview that we did around the NHL draft time, he emphasized the importance of the Blackhawks in finding a goalie. Good goalies can lead you all the way to the championship and to bring home that cup. We saw that with Corey Crawford. Unfortunately, while the Blackhawks do not have a great goalie at the moment, they have a great elite goalie prospect in Drew Comesso. He's looking really, really good. Uh, he might, he's probably not going to be up this year, maybe not next year, but, uh, in the next few years, you'll hear the name and hopefully he'll be the goalie for our Blackhawks. Once we get ready to win some cups, huh? Uh, our current goalie is probably going to be the veteran. Pietje. Oh, Mrazek. I did pretty good. That one. <laughs> wow. You killed it. That was awesome, dude. Yeah, that was very good. Very good. Injuries held him back a little bit last year, but he should be solid. And ho the hope is that we can maybe trade him uh, in the middle half of the year. Yeah. Um, what's up, Boopin? No, like uh, ben, we, we caught some conversation with Ben as well. Um, looks like he thinks, you know, we'll have an okay year. Maybe a, like, you know, these people will come join the team slowly We'll do okay, but he thinks we'll be starting to contend starting next year, right? Yeah, that's the hope, right? You know you don't want to waste too much on Connor when he's this this level, but I think this year his expectations are um, it's going to be a young team. Um, it should be exciting offensively, hopefully. We'll see where the year goes. 
but expect another losing season. They don't have the talent around Connor to really compete for anything at this point. We're expecting probably bottom five teams in the league. Um, and hopefully we can flip some pieces at the trade deadline, get some more picks or, or, or maybe some key young players as well. So nevertheless, we're hoping for some good chemistry with our young guys and some exciting hockey with Connor leading the way. So it's really all uh, I took away from his conversation. He brought, he had a lot of other information about deeper prospects that we're hoping to see that have been really good, but we're hoping to see come up in the in the future years. So the future is bright in Chicago. We're going to be starting slowly, but along the way, we get to watch one of the most exciting young players in in the NHL and Connor Bedard. So stay tuned. It's Man, not like I'm, we have anything I'm, else going on in this fucking city because the Bears are trash, and we're going to be getting to one them One interesting thing to note is that the Blackhawks will actually be operating without a captain. It'll be the first time since 2007-2008 when Mr. Taves held it. Um, The idea being that they're going to kind of scout to see who takes up that mantle, which I think is kind of cool, but it's kind of new for me to see that. Um, So, Miller, with your conversation with Ben, would, would you say was his positivity score for the 2023-2024 Chicago Blackhawks. Well, Ben is super excited for the future, but he also understands the where the Blackhawks are. So he's sitting at a solid six and a half um, as far as the Blackhawks as a whole. So he's excited. He's excited to watch and see where this team can go and see if there's any big surprises along the way. Wow, no, that that's awesome. Thank you, Ben, for all that information. Um, you know, great information. Hopefully we can have you on the show and sometime soon and, you know, talk through some of these more uh, stuff as it's going on. But uh, I think that's a good point, boys. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we'll come back and talk Bears Commanders coming to you this Thursday. Talk to you guys soon. Miller here. Football season is here and the Trio of Positivity podcast pride ourselves in giving you the up-to-date information. The Chicago Bears continue to be a dumpster fire, but we can still try to squeeze that little bit of positivity out and hopefully we can get a win this week in the U.S. Capitol against the Washington Commanders. Be sure to listen to our Friday recap as we will dive into all the juicy details coming out of uh, that Thursday night uh, game. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and follow the T.O.P. Trio of Positivity podcast. Until then, see you on the other side. Welcome back. As promised, we have to talk the Bears. It's our, it's in our contract. We are obligated. We have to, we have to talk about the Bears. Are you um, sure? The season hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. We saw some positivity, at least to some people, uh, last week. Uh, the question is, do we tr- continue on that trend, right? Does the offense look to be, you know, scoring some points, looking fluid like last week, or do we go back to being a pumpkin like the first three weeks? So my boys are here. We got to talk this through. Bears, Commanders, Thursday Night Football. 
CJ, what do you got? Well, before we kind of get into that, because that's going to be a dumpster fire, we do have to discuss, I would say, two updates. One, I did say um, during the recap episode that this would be a good time to possibly consider trading fields. Miller came back and said, who could we possibly trade with? I said, I'm not sure yet. Let me do some research. I can probably come up with a few teams. I actually have three teams in mind. Miller kind of pointed one of them out with Atlanta, which still seems to kind of be a running rumor um, moving forward. Uh, The next one, which could possibly get us some good feedback, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And lastly, which I believe will be a stretch, the New England Patriots. What? Mm-hmm. First off, I can give you the Patriots. Fine. Even though I don't think Belichick is going to work with you, a he mobile will never, Yeah. But, also, he will never trade for it. He will wait for him to be cut and then pick him up for nothing. He is so but, cheap, though, for two years. It's worth his time. But come on, Tampa Bay? Yeah. They're, Baker is down there revitalizing his career. He's already looking at new, making new commercials. He already has, I think, State Farm knocking on his door because he's been so successful. Why are they going to trade for Fields? Well, was that a dig at Progressive? Yeah. Was it Progressive? I don't remember what the fucking insurance <laughs> company was. I, just, I think the return for the Bears is there. You could possibly swindle Mike Evans if you really wanted to, but Mike Evans probably wouldn't want to even come Wait, to this dumpster fire you're either. Not, you're saying that we're going to trade and get Mike Evans in return? Say, I could say Mike Evans and a six-rounder for Fields. What? Kind of okay. Bro. Okay, question, question. Yeah. CJ, can you think of any... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like any examples of this happening in the past where a C- a team has traded it's starting quarterback, you know, with some promise or with some issues to another team mid-season to get... Mid-season, no. But okay. we can consider, and I am not putting him in the same realm as him. I am just talking QBs being traded at Don't some point. Don't say Trey Lance. No. But that conversation... I, I read somewhere, I got to find it, but I did read somewhere that supposedly... We could get better value from Fields than what Trey Lance got. I'm kind of eh on that. But we have seen teams get traded where they were traditionally not doing great in one area and then do great. The other Stafford is one that comes up. Brady is obviously another. Again, the, I'm that not, was not saying midseason, right? That right. was like, and I, I confirmed that. And, but I'm saying from the typical move aspect uh, where it can be beneficial. I do think the Bears are probably going to be a, a bit aggressive. I don't think the outcome of this game is going to change any of that. Um, that's one thing I wanted to bring up. The second thing is Chase Claypool kind of confirming that he is not going to be back at the Bears at all. And Miller, just say what you got to say. You don't have to mute it. Just go ahead and say it. Okay. I already he said it. Can I? No, can I? So, CJ, here's my point, right? So, the reason <laughs> midseason trades don't happen in Football is usually, and for the most part, the team's playbook is like not ironclad, but like 90, 80% there at the beginning of the season. It's really hard. I don't care what coach it is for them to like come up with a midseason plan 
Fields is a very particular type of quarterback, right? You probably need like a Lamar Jackson-esque or maybe, maybe Josh Allen. I don't know. One of those quarterbacks that's like mobile can maybe throw a little bit deep ball kind of a quarterback. So like the fact I, that... I don't understand that you say that when we actually had a trade. I think the Patriots got their one of the linebackers back today. So like midseason trades do occur. I, I mean, not for a quarterback. Like No, and I think we all agree. But at, I think, can we confirm though? And I want to ask each one of you guys. Will Fields' value be higher now than at the end of the season? Probably, yeah. That's so, fair. I mean, like that's the way that I'm looking. I'm I'm Jim Ursaying this scenario. Okay. I'm whoa, looking at whoa, it. whoa! I'm looking Don't at it be from insulting to my mentor. Uh, back <laughs> back to back, Jim Ursay mentions on this podcast too. I mean, the whoa. logic is there, right? But but you have to have a complete teardown, and I don't think they're realistically going to be completely tearing it down four games into a NFL season. The, the only think... way it happens is one of two ways. One, he sits for the rest of the year, whoever oh. trades him has the ability to do that. The other one, and this is probably more realistic, is if one of our previous pay callers like Nagy or... I don't know who are the play calls where if they're still in the league, if they're around and they can bring him on and like that's the quickest way to get him up and running. Those are the only two scenarios realistically I see it happening, if I'm being honest with you. I think I think Atlanta's the only fit. Yep. That's what I'm gonna say. I think I have Atlanta one and I have two A uh Tampa two B uh New England. I, I will take a chalk bet, I'll take a steak dinner, whatever you want to bet. <laughs> There's no bet. I mean, let's be, you you confirmed it yourself. Fields' value right now is going to be higher during the trade deadline than it will be at the end of the year. I have I, I just be, don't understand what's in it for the Bears. They have nothing so going you, for you them. You just want to guarantee a tank? Essentially, yeah. It benefits. So, Does it not benefit the Bears to start tanking? The fans it, will it, fucking a hundred percent understand. The fans, fans will won't. understand. They will. You know why they will understand? Because they're seeing the dumpster fire. We have Chase Claypool. You're, you're talking back to back years of awful. So it's basically, back to back years of rebuilds, and people had high expectations this year, which again I didn't really have, but you homers did, and I'm telling you. That yes, if the rebuild the over under was seven and a half, it's not no, just no. homers. It's uh, fucking uh, Vegas. Us homers, too, us homers with eight wins. And you were at seven wins, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I was the lowest. But I'm three and one in my prediction, which makes me the genius of the trio of positivity. I'm but I do want to take like it the to bears. the next. But I do want to just, <laughs> just remember you're not the soccer expert. Just always remember I, that. How how dare you bring that back up? But I do want to bring up one last thing, and then we'll talk about the dumpster fire that's going to be tomorrow's game. Uh, Chase Claypool was told to not come back. Uh, Iberflus came out and confirmed reports that he was told to stay home. He wasn't given the option to come in. This, to me, is leading to believe that the coach is losing that locker room. There has been some players giving some support to Claypool. Uh, Komet was one of them. We did have internal discussions on that, but I think after reading it again, that's just players defending players. I don't think it has anything to do. Um, I will say, and I stand by this, I did not feel like he said anything wrong when he answered the question on, on Friday. I feel that there's merit to what Miller said where he was being disruptive. Sure. But 
if you're being asked, are you being used correctly? And you give an honest answer. It is what it is. It wasn't that question. It wasn't. There's it, it obviously went, it week went one to me. Week one to me it was probably the biggest disappointment for Chase I Claypool. Think it, I think it went deeper we should, than that. I think we should be happy. We should be happy that the team, like you know, they've done a lot of things that we don't agree with. We should be happy that this was one move that they did that I probably agree. was warranted. You know, I agree. So anyway, sadly, um, yep. Yep. Okay. Um, I threw it to CJ to talk the. Bears commanders, and this is what he took us down. So, Miller, I throw it to you, buddy. What do you got for us? All right. The Washington Reds, I mean, commanders. Oh, almost almost let a slip there. You almost got us canceled, buddy. Chris almost had to edit you out. (laughs) Damn, Jim Ursay. Damn it, you. <laughs> um, oh, commanders. No, no. Moving forward, if we say something that we don't want to say, we'll say damage, Jim Say damage, Jim Say. So the commanders, we go. We're going to them. It's going to be an away game, and the commanders have a few things going for them. First off, they probably have one of the best front five in the league, led by Chase Young. The other thing that they probably have going for them is their young wide receiving core. So we'll start with the first half of that. Our offensive line is probably going to get eaten alive. Let's just be real. The, the, <laughs> the only solace is will Fields be able to move and get, out the, get the ball out quickly? We'll see what that happens. With that being said, their defense is giving up points. They've given up 30-plus in the last three games. So there is a potential for the Bears to score some points against this defense if they can control the pass rush. Now, obviously, that's a big if. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it'll be a fairly close game. I think it'll probably... I just love the score 24-21. It's just my score, man. It seems like solid, and I'm going to go with it again. Maybe one of these weeks I'll hit it. It'll probably be in that range, I would. I would imagine. I think the Bears... Unfortunately, I really want him to win. Are we really? Are we really going this far ahead? We're not even previewing the game. We're just giving just one went. thing. And no, Boopin, give us give us something. I I want to. I promise I do. So here's here's what I saw. Okay, I was hoping to see. Oh, some injuries here, some injuries there. Freaking Washington, they have a backup running back. I think a third freaking string running back in their um, injury report. That's it. The rest of the team is all healthy, including John Dotson, who was on the injury report, but he's expected to play. And on our side, our secondary is just fucking decimated. Jalen Johnson is out. Eddie Jackson is out. And you know who got hurt today in practice? Brisker twigs his hamstring. So, like, we, I don't even know if we'll have enough people to play in the secondary. I know Howell has, like, struggled a tiny bit, especially against good pass rush. So that's the only thing we have, but we may not even we have, don't have a good pass yeah. rush. We don't have a pass rush. Our secondary, which is probably the strength of this team, sadly, is like getting demolished. So it, it's hard to say. Miller, I wish I had your optimism. I like your 21, though. I'll go 28 21, Bears lose. So, okay. So we're actually just making this the lowest 
the the lowest time we spent previewing this. No, game. no, no. We have more things to talk about, okay. but okay. I just I just um, I cannot see one a thing. I want to one thing I want to clear up. It wasn't a linebacker. It was uh, J C Jackson that the Patriots acquired from the Chargers again. So just want to clear that up. Sorry for the confusion. Um, I, I I do have something funny to give you guys. I have some some stats. I guess you can say or some information, whichever one you want to use first. Uh, according to uh, Caesar Sportsbook right now, the Bears are plus six on the spread. The over-under is 44 and a half. So your guys' numbers are kind of like right there. However, you guys seem to forget something. We played the Commanders last year. Do you guys remember the score last year? Like 14 to 8 or something, wasn't it? It was 12 to 7. Yeah. Like <laughs> On October 13th, 2022, the Washington Commanders beat the Chicago Bears 12-7. Wait, was that um, Carson Wentz? Uh, let me. I think so. I don't care. You might be right. You might be and, right. And we probably had a better defense than. Yeah, than I think. We did. I don't think Rokon was traded at that point. Uh-huh. Now, the reason I bring this up is because you guys' optimism is pretty much up there. Currently, the Commanders are ranked twentieth on offense. The Chicago Bears are twenty-first. Commanders okay. are ranked twenty-first on defense, with the Chicago Bears being twenty-eighth. We're twenty-eighth. In fact. You need better sources, bro. We gotta be thirty plus. According to NFL, I mean, I mean, Denver gave up seventy points. So. That is true. Uh, passing wise, a- Commanders are ranked twentieth. Bears are ranked twenty fourth. Rushing, uh, Commanders are seventeenth to the Bears thirteenth. So here's the way I see it: it's either gonna be the lowest fucking score possible on Thursday night football, or it's gonna be. A shit show of 31-35. I still have the Bears losing on both scenarios. Uh, the one sad thing that I will probably say about this is this could be another breakout game for Fields. And if he has two games in which he throws over 300 and the Bears still lose... Say it. Say it. Say it. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but just know that this game does have either lowest scoring possible, like, you know, 6-7 or 31-35. I do give the edge to the commanders. Uh, the Bears are playing away. Uh, it, I'd like to I, point out you really went on a limb there. It could be a low scoring or it could be a high scoring game. Well, yeah, it's so not going to be like a 14-17 game. I don't think it's going to be like that. It's just, I don't know. It's uh, We're not seeing I... enough, you know? I think we discussed it on Sunday. It, it, I, I, and also on Sunday when we had our, podca- our, our uh, recap episode, I, I realized what it was. The, the Bears pulled on my heart that game. And, and, I, and I wore my heart on that episode. This is a more tamer CJ. This is a more focused CJ. Yeah, only to I, realize. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what it is? This is what it is, and I think you guys will agree with this. Sometimes, if it smells like shit, there's a chance it just looks like shit. So I'm smelling shit, and I've accepted that's the, the saying. Yeah, it's not, but that's my saying. <laughs> if it smells like shit, it most likely looks like shit. The bears right now are just shit, and it is it's, shit. They are not a team that gets me happy. Even Zach Wilson had a great game and they still lost. And even right after Aaron Rodgers said, there's no moral victories. Unlike one of our co-hosts here, 
who started that episode saying there's moral victories. Uh, Aaron Rodgers himself doesn't believe it. And if daddy doesn't believe it, I shouldn't believe it too. If daddy doesn't believe it. I, I, I don't even know what to counter. I want to counter. But you went from A to B to C. Oh, I, I, don't even know, I don't even know what to counter. But Getting back. Anyway, getting no, back. I, I did want to say, uh, Miller, you did point it out. They have, on paper, one of the better defenses out there, but they have been uh, like allowing points. It's it's two decent teams. I don't I don't want to take that away, but like they have been allowing points. Like Broncos scored thirty three on them. Couple of lucky plays. Let's be honest. Um, you know, freaking uh, command Bills again. One of the best teams scored thirty seven on them. Eagles another good team scored thirty four on them. So. They have been scored. I think the worst one was probably Broncos. They did score 33 on them. So I think it, that's why I think it won't be a low-scoring game, CJ, but I, I could be wrong too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The one positive coming out of camp, I know you touched on the negative side of injuries to our secondary, but um, Tevin Jenkins appears to be, he was activated this week, and it looks like he might suit up they're currently speculating that he may not start on the offensive line, but that he may be close, which is a step in the right direction to get our offensive line back. Uh, I'm hoping that he does start because I'm sick of seeing Patrick play center and the Jenkins start would probably move um, Cody Whitehair to center. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Keep an eye out on that. Um, if we do get that man, beast of a man if he does play he'll definitely help against that powerful front of of the commanders uh with that being said i do want to point out that uh i am three and one i did predict i did correct make the correct prediction that the bears would lose against denver which i was not proud of miller and boopin uh were wrong boopin is currently one and three i'm miller four, probably is- well, you picked no, the loss in Kansas City, picked, so. yeah. and Miller is two and two. Damn straight. Miller did say that the Bears would win this game, and I believe you're now flipping it to a loss. Boopin also, Boopin also predicted a loss here, and I originally predict. Oh, well, Boopin originally predicted a win, then changed it to a loss, and now he's sticking to the loss. I originally predicted the loss, and I am now keeping it. Boys, Thursday night, nationally televised game. Is this the game that breaks the camel's back if we lose? It won't be pretty, but uh, I want to see like a offense that flows, a defense that doesn't give up maybe 50 points. That's, that'd be a win for me. It's really sad. It's really sad. The bar is really low. But like like Miller said, I want to see a creative offense, hopefully without the O-line. Maybe get some tight end help, whatever it is, whatever it takes, um, you know, to so we don't look pathetic either side of the ball. That's that's my only hope. I don't think you can break the camel's back at this point. I think you're stuck with what you got, and you just got to oh. ride out the season. Yeah, what are they going to do? Fire the only coach we have? We don't have a defensive coordinator anymore. Luke Getze doesn't want to be, like, cannot be a head coach. So what are they going to do? I don't think there's much to do. I think we're stuck with who we have. I don't think they're bringing any free agents. I don't know if you have the money to do so. Um, so it is what it is. I think this is our team. 
Uh, we want to see some good football, some competitive football from them. And maybe everyone is on the table, everyone's heads on the chopping block and see who survives into next year. So one thing I want to point out, Sam Howell has uh, four touchdowns, five interceptions, has thrown for 961 yards in comparison to Justin Field, uh, 861 with seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Is this going to be more of a quarterback battle or do you guys like for me i'm trying to like pick matchups here because we can't just end the podcast with just saying that bears suck they're gonna lose and we move forward i want to see the defense get some sacks if i can see some sacks i'll be very happy the, this but, might be a good game to get some sacks but i don't know if we have, the, we, we have the talent to get sacks uh, you're absolutely right i would love to see some interceptions maybe given who we're playing against but you guys see this being like a quarterback matchup? I don't know what Thursday Night Football is going to try to program. They're probably going to ask Taylor Swift to go to this game so that they can put the camera more on her than the actual game. But what do you guys think? What do you think is the main matchup that we should be looking at? I think it's going to be the, the yeah. their front against our offensive line. That's the main because if if we can give Fields time to throw, then we'll be able to eat into this defense. If we can't, then it's going to be a long day. I mean, you could say the def- our defensive line against their O-line, too. Their O-line's weak, but I think I I picked up Howell for one of my leagues. I think he's going to have a decent game. I'm not going to be sitting here saying he's throwing wow. for three TDs and 300, but he's going to put up some yards just like Russell Wilson did. Our secondary is not good. Um, the wide receivers that they have are good. Terry McLaurin and Johan Dotson, they will – get separation and they're going to make some plays and whether he turns the ball over how I, he may, but I think he'll also make some nice throws. So I think, I mean, they got uh, Brian Robinson in the backfield as well. So I think they're going to score points against our defense. Uh, So it's just, if we can hold down their front five or front four and score some points ourselves. I did look this up earlier, which kind of cracked me up, and I was going to say um, I think it's time to start playing backyard football. The Bears haven't been called for defensive holding this year. I think the Bears just need to start holding. <laughs> like, Just start breaking some rules. Start finding things that you can kind of, you know, like step on their foot before they run. You know, like the little childish shit that we used to do when we were like pull down their pants or whatever advantage you can possibly do. But yeah, I, I, I what a I, prediction. I think this has to be a game, though, that DJ Moore has a breakout game, maybe, like, or one of our stars, maybe a rushing over 150, 175, maybe. I don't know. Like, there has to be something to get us excited. Like, I I, I can't if say we field. Win, if we win, I think it will be on the back of our running game. I That's somehow I feel You think so? Way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a running game as in including fields. Like, he needs to, like, so run for, like, fields 150. Well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I think, yeah, like, and, I don't know. I don't know. Moody was involved last game, commit a couple of touchdowns. I mean, Denver is really he, bad, so I don't think you can compare Denver to any other defense out there. But that's the only hope I think we have. I think because we use Komet so much, though, they were going to probably game plan against him. So that's why I'm thinking, like, Fields and Moore probably have a little bit of a breakout. I still have them losing, but that's, what, that's another reason why I think it's going to be, like, a high-scoring game where the defenses just absolutely suck. But... Miller, yeah. why don't you uh, give us the last point and sign us off? Yeah, it should be fun to watch. That's all I know. <laughs> That's a lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Hey, 
I don't know. Maybe it's it's the national audience, right? That gets us going. Maybe that that was the missing point. Just all along, guys. We can hope. Hey, it didn't Fields do that the last time he was on prime time? Well, yeah, one time. Wasn't that our win against the Patriots? That was a prime time game, wasn't it? Yeah. Boy, stop living in the past. Accept the dog shit that's in front of us. Yeah, Let's right. end on that quote. <laughs> yeah. On that positive, positive note, thank you for listening. We hope that you will hit that like and subscribe button if you like the show. Uh, we are a young podcast, so give us all the feedback that we have. Maybe someday in the near future, we'll have some positivity coming out of Chicago. Until then, we'll all suffer in this misery together. On that positive note from CJ, we're saying goodbye. Good night. Boys.